Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Starlight Beacon Transmissions Bursts. My name is Eric Mitchell. I am your host. And today we are talking about the season three premiere of The Mandalorian, a.k.a. The Mandalorian Chapter 17, The Apostate. And we are going to be doing a spoiler review and breakdown of this premiere so if you don't want to be spoiled if you have not seen the episode yet please do not listen to this or watch our live show this week until you have checked out the episode if you don't care about spoilers then by all means stick around relax have a good time and let's begin so chapter 17 starts off with the armorer and she is working on a Mandalorian helmet and she walks out of this cave and you see all of these different Mandalorians lined up on either side of her to like form this walkway. And as she's walking, you see this child standing in this water. Now, you're led to believe that it's Din Djarin. Like to me, I, I thought that it was that it was Dinjarin, and I thought that we were getting a little bit of flashback from when he was a child and how he joined the watch and everything. But turns out that it isn't, and we'll get to there in a second. Uh, the ceremony is interrupted by a giant space crocodile, essentially, and these Mandalorians <laughs> try to take the monster out. And I got to tell you, it's an action-packed sequence. Yes, a few Mandalorians die in the process. But there was one scene or one shot in uh, in particular that I absolutely loved. So at one point, you see these four or five Mandalorians uh, use their jetpacks. They get on top of the crocodile's back. And then they put these thermal detonators on the back and then like they use their jetpacks to get off of the of the monster's back well as one of them's jetpacking we get a shot that's actually from the top of their helmet down and we like see them pull off away from the monster but we we get to see like how they look when they're flying and everything and it was just a really, really cool angle. You have to see it for yourself. You really have to see it for yourself. So this fight's going on, and then all of a sudden, Din Djarin and Grogu in the new N1, the modified N1 Starfighter, come in and save the day and take out the monster. And in the aftermath, Din meets with the... Din and Grogu meet with the armorer, and you find out that Din has a piece of Mandalore writing from the surface of Mandalore that he's picked up in his travels. And he talks to the armorer about it. And the armorer, remember, in the Book of Boba Fett, the armorer pretty much shunned or excommunicated the Mandalorian from the watch because he had removed his helmet. And so now Din Djarin is trying to find a way to atone for that. But the armorer says it in the Book of Boba Fett, where she says you must baptize yourself in the living waters under the mines of Mandalore. So that's what he's trying to do. His quest this season 
is to go to Mandalore, baptize himself in these waters, and to atone for what he did. However, the Watch and the Armorer feel that Mandalore is pretty much done, it's inhospitable, he can't do anything, so he should just give up and should just live in exile from the from the watch you know he should just go about his business raise grogu and just stay away from everything else but of course dinjarin being dinjarin he decides well i'm not going to do that i'm going to do what i was told to do and thus we get this quest for the season so that sends the Mandalorian, or Din Djarin, and Grogu to Navarro, where they meet with Grief Karga, and Din and Grief are talking about how Din needs to do this quest, and he needs he needs an he needs a droid to go with him. Turns out there's a statue <laughs> of IG Eleven that commemorates his sacrifice and Din Djarin wants to use the remaining parts of IG-11 that's in that statue to reactivate the droid and to take him to Mandalore so that they can find out if the planet is poisoned or not and then so that Din Djarin can do what he needs to do and also bring evidence back that Mandalore is still around and the planet is still intact regardless of whatever destruction has happened and so they get ig11 they reboot his system but his old programming kicks in ig11's old programming programming kicks in and then they have to pretty much kill him because he's going after Grogu, <laughs> which that brings a really funny scene where uh, the Mandalorian pretty much throws Grogu at Grief Karga so that Grief Karga can protect the child while the Mando kills IG-11. Or turns him off, I should say. And so they get to talking about how they can reprogram IG-11 to what he was before he sacrificed himself to that reformed programming. So Grief Karga says, well, there's these droid smiths that are really, really good that will have IG-11 fixed up in no time. Turns out it's Babu Freak and his buddies, and that leads to a very humorous scene in which... Grogu decides to pick up Babu Frick and keep him as a pet, and they pretty much have to tell Grogu no and get Babu Frick away from Grogu, and Babu Frick starts saying no baby, no squeeze, no, 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 all this stuff. It was actually really funny. I thought that they were going to really botch the joke, but they didn't. They, they really didn't botch the joke, uh, and it was it was it was pretty cool. Before we get to the rest of the quest, I need to bring up this one thing that happens. So there's a scene after Mando and Grief meet. There's a scene where 
Mando, where Grief is called to the school in Navarro, on Navarro, where these pirates are hanging out. Now, the school used to be a cantina, and these pirates are kind of like harassing the school staff, and this one pirate says, oh, I want to get a drink. Let's have a drink here. And so Mando and Grief Karga have to pretty much take out his entire crew except for him. And then he says, well, I'm going to go report to my big boss and you guys are going to be in trouble and all this fun stuff. So as Mando and Grogu are leaving to get these components to help fix IG-11, because remember, in order to do our main quest, we have to do a side quest. Not knocking this show, but I'll get to that in a second. So while they are leaving Navarro, they are ambushed by these pirates, and Din and Grogu manage to take out quite a bit of them, but they there's still like a big ship, and there's still a few other pirates, but they end up escaping. And so they go to another planet in the Mandalore system where Bo-Katan is, uh, where Bo-Katan has her castle. And so Mando and Bo-Katan talk about, you know, taking back Mandalore and, and Din Djarin's quest and everything. And Bo-Katan is pretty upset, especially with the fact that, keep in mind, Din Djarin has the Darksaber, so technically... Din Djarin is the leader of Mandalore right now, and he's not doing anything about it. Bo-Katan knows that if she had the Darksaber, she would lead all of these troops back to try to liberate Mandalore. And so she's very upset and confrontational when it comes to Din Djarin and his actions, especially with having the Darksaber. And that leads to a few moments of tension. And eventually, Din Djarin and Grogu leave. And then that's where the episode ends. So I want to get to a couple of things here. There is one really, 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 really cool Rebels reference that had me pretty much screaming at the top of my lungs. Well, screaming with excitement. There's a scene, it's early in the episode. Mando and Grogu are in hyperspace in the N1. And Grogu's in his little pod that's in the back of uh, of the ship. And he's looking around at the, you know, at the hyperspace lane and everything. He looks to his left. And he sees a pergill. From Rebels. The, you know, the, the hyperspace whales. And then, like, we see this other shot of the hyperspace lane. And the N1's going through. And then, like, you see three or four Pergils around the ship in the hyperspace lane. Like, you see the shadow of the Pergils. And it's so friggin' cool. I I love Pergils. I think that this was such a great reference to rebels and it was just so cool to see to see them capitalize on something and to see them pay off something from another show and to show people like 
creatures like this exist in the Star Wars universe, and they are freaking badass and awesome. And it was, like I said, it just, it made me smile so much, and it made me so happy to see this. I mean, I was, I was thrilled. So there's that. And then, you know, of course we get the Darksaber references with Rebels and everything. A lot of people think that they don't reference Book of Boba Fett in this episode. They do. I mean, they they reference a lot of the Book of Boba Fett in this episode because they have to show off or they have to pay off the stories that came from that show. So if you remember with the Book of Boba Fett, we, we had a couple episodes featuring Din Djarin in which one of them dealt with Grogu being trained by Luke Skywalker. Uh, well, a couple of them did. And, you know, Grogu made his choice to go back to the Mandalorian and to live with the Mandalorian. And so that's, you know, that's where we are now with the Mandalorian and Grogu being together. Now, a lot of people are like, well, how did he get this new Starfighter? You have to watch the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Him and Palimoto pretty much built this new N1 Starfighter. And, you know, a lot of people were, were saying, well, oh, they, they, the, you know, they, they completely ignored Boba Fett. No, no, they didn't. They, they are talking about the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> like, they are not going to ignore this series at all. Um, I, was, I was hoping that they would show a little bit more and pay off a little bit more from Book of Boba Fett, but I have a feeling that is coming later on this season. Now, for those of you wondering what they're doing about the whole... Gina Carano situation, you know, with her being fired from the show due to her her comments. They do reference Cara Dune and they said that Cara was recruited by New Republic Special Forces, so that's what she's involved with now. I I mean, it makes sense for them to write her out of the show like that. Uh, because, you know, they have to address, I mean, you pretty much have to address the Bantha in the room here. I would say Elephant, but we're talking Star Wars, so it's the Bantha in the room. So you have to address that, and that's why you you get that. I feel like you could have gone this whole episode without even mentioning Cara Dune. But at some point, you do have to talk about the Bantha in the room. So I'm 50-50 I'm on it. I think it was a smart way for them to do it. Uh, but it also felt like they were just like, well, uh, how, how can we do this? Like, how can we get this? How can we remove this character from this show when what happened in real life was pretty freaking rough? <laughs> let's, let's face it. It was pretty rough. But they, they did it in a smart way. That the more I think about it, the more the more I I can see why they did what they did. It, it's a payoff, it, you know. It, it's it's a payoff, so you know you have to pay that off. Uh, one thing I will say about this episode is once again, 
the runtime for these first episodes in this show are it's very quick i i really want to see hour-long episodes of the mandalorian we have gotten them especially like later in the season and everything but i want consistent hour shows from this show is it is it a major complaint no it's not a major complaint but it's something that i'd like to see if we can get our episodes of andor and our episodes of kenobi we can get hour-long episodes of the mandalorian i get why they're trying to do it because they want to spread the story out and everything but andor did that in 12 episodes with each episode being close to an hour long if not longer obi-wan kenobi did most of that with episodes being 45 most episodes being 45 minutes to an hour they had a couple of episodes that were about the 30 minute mark but most of those episodes were long so you can totally do it i just want to see more consistency in the runtime when it comes to these shows that's that's like my big thing about this um I will also say this, for Bo-Katan to act the way that she's acting, I just wish that we could have gotten more to see that more, but, you know, it it, it is what it is. I'm going to be, I'm curious to see where her story is going to go this season. I have a feeling she is going to be one of the main antagonists for this season, and I'm okay with this because I want to see how this plays out. However, here's here is my one thing that I want from this season. Look, Grogu is important to the Mandalorian story. I get that. I've said that before, and I'll say it again. I don't agree with the decisions that they made in the Book of Boba Fett when it comes to Grogu. But I understand why they made those decisions. Here's the thing, though. This is a story about taking back Mandalore. It needs to focus on that. I'm okay with a Grogu distraction here and there. However, you are telling a very important story here at a critical point in this in this whole history of this of the Star Wars universe we are about to see how this is going to go down we are about to see one of the most important conflicts for the Mandalorian people so in that case we need to focus on that story I hope, like I said, I don't mind seeing Grogu, but I hope he takes a back seat this season. Because this story, to me, is too important for for them to keep focusing on Grogu. I get it. The Mandalorian and Grogu are forming a Mandalorian clan. I, I totally understand it. I totally get where he's coming from, where he's trying to teach Grogu how to be a Mandalorian. I, I understand that, but 
I think we need to take a back seat to the whole Grogu story and really focus on this conflict. And if you drag this out for multiple seasons, I'm okay with this. But you've got to go somewhere with this story. You cannot rush this story. You cannot rush this conflict. This is a focused conflict. So please, don't rush this. Please, John and Dave, do not rush this story. And do not have, you, you know, just respect the story and just, you know, do it justice. Do this story justice. Because we've been waiting since Clone Wars to see how this story plays out. So I, I think I might have gotten a little loud there. I apologize. But I just really want to see this story done right. And I want to see it done well. Not saying that they can't do it, but come on. You've got to stick the landing with the story, guys. You've got to stick the landing. Uh, once again, this is only one episode, though. So we we still have an entire season to go through. Um, I, you know, but I will say this. I really enjoyed this episode. I thought that it was well done. I thought it was fun. Um, it was what I, it was what I needed when it comes to uh, live-action Star Wars, so I'm very happy that The Mandalorian is back. As much as I don't really like Grogu as much, it is nice to see Dan and Grogu back together, and it is nice to see to, to see them go on an adventure. But, like I said, please backseat Grogu for a little bit and focus on this story. That's all I'm asking. Uh, and yeah... Those are my thoughts on the Mandalorian season three premiere, AKA chapter 17, the apostate. I hope that you all enjoyed it. Uh, let me know what you think about the Mandalorian season three premiere on our social medias and in our discord. And until next time, may the force be with you. May you always fight for light and life. And remember at the end of the day, we are all the Republic. Have a wonderful week, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye.